Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, exclusive information about Carl Sanderlands and that Australian Idol bombshell. Big changes coming to Studio 10 as Tristan McManus decides to keep it all in the family. That's another exclusive. And two big brands declare themselves the winners in the yearly TV battle. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight, and joining me on the panel tonight, we have the reporter extraordinaire, David Robbo Robinson. Hello, Robbo. He's a one-trick pony, and he's holding on to it. You better believe it. I'm glad to be here. It's wonderful. (laughs) Television. Is that what I said last week, is it? No, no, but I loved it. I loved it. Keep going. Uh, Short-term memory. (laughs) I I never know what I've said. Good to see you, Rob. (laughs) Philip Kosh, he writes for the mags and uh, he knows who's who in the zoo and, as I always say, knows where the bodies are buried. Hello, Philip. (laughs) Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Good. How is life? Uh, Writing for New Idea and Women's Weekly. It would have been a busy week last week with the passing of Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, that was was sad and... Mm. uh... Yeah, I got to find out even more about Olivia than what I already knew from 10 years of magazine. So, um, yeah, she, yeah, it was actually a joy to work on that. And, and of course, you've interviewed her a few times, so you certainly had that background knowledge. Yeah, I've interviewed her and Chloe and followed their their very their, their dual journey. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I look, I was very sad, like the rest of Australia and most of the world. Mm. And Matthew Simmons is a contributor to TV Blackbox. G'day, Matthew. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me back once again. Always a pleasure. Now, we're missing Mulk and our producer, Abby, tonight because they're at the big Game of Thrones premiere for the new series. I've got to say, team, I'm not actually that interested in the new series. I am. <laughs> I still haven't watched it. I still haven't watched Game of Thrones. I've never seen oh, it. Oh, goodness, Robbo. I loved Game of Thrones, was let down by the end, and I just don't know that I'm ready to invest That's my fair. life into it again. But anyway, enough of that because we have a very special guest tonight. From radio, television, she's had her own shows. She's known as the person that Bert Newton loves. It's none other than Susie Ellenman. Hello, Susie. Thank you, Rob. Hi, Robbo. Hello Phil there. Great to be with you. And now, listen, please... Don't applaud, just throw money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to try and find something. Yeah, there isn't much of a difference between TV and busking sometimes, is there, Susie? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yes. But mind you, having etched out, dare I admit, a 40, so far 48-year career wow. in media. That's amazing, Susie. In television, you know, it takes... 
Thank you, Rob. I've been paid to be a media slut. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Well, Susie is here to discuss all the television news stories of the week, so let's get into it. And it's been two years since it was announced at the Seven Upfronts that Australian Idol would be returning. And after a COVID delay last year, the wheels are finally spinning. We now know one member of the judging panel, and it is none other than Carl Sanderlands. And in true Carl fashion, he revealed the news on air despite getting a text from an unnamed executive telling him not to announce it. Details of the show have been cagey since the upfronts, but Carl spilled the beans on some interesting information. And so um, will it be like the format will be the same as last time? So you'll yeah. go around and audition in different states and territories and Correct. then come back yep. with like a top 10 and do live top shows? Top 12, I think it is, yeah. And then do live shows. Yep, that's exactly right. They go. They all live in a house too, the top 12. You know how I remember. Yeah. I had oh, all wow. these great extra parts. Uh, is the return of the nasty judge back? Well, I can do no other role, Jackie. <laughs> I can only be myself. And this will and next year, I'm assuming. We won't air this year, will yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Beginning of next year sometime, and, I'm, I'm led to believe. And will any of the other remaining judges, like Marsha, no, Dicko, no, Holtmark, no, Holden? No, 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 none of them. None you're of them the only be. one that's going to return. I'm the only one still alive. I feel the others are well, all they're alive. <laughs> they're alive. They're oh. alive. <laughs> and, oh, and new host as well, because... Oh, that, right. That, the old host, Andrew G, is too busy Doing. Uh, hosting all these other shows on Channel 10. Correct. So, new face, new face, it'll be great. I can't wait. Robbo, I can exclusively reveal I've been getting, I've been digging up my sources, and I can tell you 100% the deal is done with Kyle. This is not just talk, the deal is done. He is 100% on this program. And that is fantastic news, I think, for Australian Idol. I love Kyle. I think he's fantastic. And I think he'll bring the kind of Kyle energy that shows like that can get very uh, self-important, I think. They're shiny floor shows. They're acting like they're uh, discovering, you know, Elton John for the first time or a a recording (laughs) artist of that calibre. So it'll be nice to have that kind of shine just a little bit taken off by uh, by Kyle. What I do love, though, is, and uh, I think we would have all read this, in, he's going to make the Channel 7 executives come into the radio station uh, for his contract uh-huh. signing. He said he's not going to them. Uh, he's going to bring them to me and we'll do it live on radio. And he's saying the big wigs at 7 have got to come. I think that's fantastic. I love that. It's, it's, isn't it the best way of going... I'm above you. Yes. No, I don't see that happening at all, Susie. Do you it. think the seven bigwigs will go into the radio station? No, I I don't think the execs will come into the studio. I'll <laughs> certainly got a way, if they don't, of getting around why they didn't. But I, I think it's a good idea that he's, he is on the show as a judge um, and I think he'll bring a different dimension but there's something that I hope he will do. But, but before I talk about that, do we really need another reality <laughs> I mean, seriously, when was the last one ever got any exposure anywhere? You name me Correct. West Winner. Oh, and- it doesn't make yep. stars, but it makes good TV. Oh, well, maybe. But what I would like to see if Kyle is really serious about promoting talent. So I hope that he will think about playing these artists' material on air. Wouldn't that be novel? Uh, Yeah. Look, possibly. And look, Australian Idol has had a good hit rate of producing stars. Uh, 
I think Seven want to go big with this. I think Carl wants to go big with this. So it will look. I, I take your point. Um, the thing is, it's all about heritage brands. I know Seven have been really excited about Australian Idol, Philip, and so it'll just be interesting to see where they go with it. Well, I think Australian the artists from Australian Idol have been a lot more successful, say, than from The Voice, for example. Absolutely. Um, and let's face it, no one from the Masked Singers getting a gig as a singer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so, true. oh look, I'm, look, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's a very crowded market, a bit like what Susie was saying. Uh, that said, it had a very solid audience, and it has a core group of supporters. So, hopefully, people will watch. And if they don't, then it won't be on Channel Seven for very long, will it? And I really hope that they don't try and reinvent the wheel with it uh, because it is a legacy brand. Let's not let's not have these weird over-the-top challenges. Let's kind of keep it, I think, still big and still event-like television, but mm. don't, don't reinvent the wheel. It's Australian Idol. And we love it for what it was. And it was a big event in its original yeah. incarnation anyway. All right. Now, yeah. whoever said adults were too old to play musical chairs? It seems that's exactly what Channel 10 planned to do next week when a temporary hosting shuffle sees the wife of Tristan McManus sit next to him on the Studio 10 couch. Beginning next week, Sarah Harris will move to 10 News First and fill in for Sandra Sully for three days. With Angela Bishop overseas and unable to replace her in the Studio 10 hosting role on Monday, 10 executives have turned to actress Tanya McManus to co-host alongside her husband. TV Blackbox can reveal that screen tests were held with the couple on Friday and the appointment is expected to be a chance to see how the audience reacts to the pair. When Angela Bishop's return home, she'll take over from Tanya on Tuesday and Wednesday before all returns to normal from Thursday. The stunt casting comes just after Studio 10 experienced its lowest ratings in eight years with a national audience of just 25,000 viewers in the five cap cities on Friday, August 5th. Philip, um... Stunts work, don't they? Especially for morning TV to try and get a bit of traction. This might end up being a good thing. They definitely work for a, a short burst of publicity. Um, big question: Is she an Irish actress? Because no. you know, I okay. Because I sort of struggle to understand what he's saying. Still, um, which <laughs> I'm not being racist, but he just has a really strong accent, and he's got better. But seriously, the first month or so is on air. Whenever I caught it, I really couldn't understand what he was saying. Uh, look, it's a cute idea. Um, it's just for a day, isn't it? Or is it any longer than yeah, that? Yeah, one day. Uh, okay. Look, it's a, it's a cute stunt. It'll get some publicity. Uh, it'll get people talking about Studio 10. I think it's a good decision. It's not like they're giving her the, the gig forever. No, but Susie, look, Sarah Harris presumably wants to um, spread her wings. We've seen her on the project and now 10 years first at five. Um, you know, in England, they've done husband and wife co-hosting teams and that's actually worked well. Uh, is it Richard and Judy over there? Yeah. Right. I'm not sure about the UK, but certainly in Australia, I think this is, well, I think it's going to be great because um, ta ta I don't know how to pronounce her first name either. I'm assuming, assuming it's Tanya. Tanya. She is a Tossie. She's a, a, an international model. Uh, oh, Tahina. Pardon? Tahina Tozzi. Oh, there you go. Tahina, that's how you pronounce it then. So she's a Tozzi and she and her sister, is it Shane? Oh. It's like that. Oh, my apologies. And, and she was also in Wolver one of the Wolverine movies too. Well, the thing that she has just produced and starred in, if you could call it star, um, but certainly... Uh, 
herself is called misunderstanding miscarriage. And so she takes everyone on a journey yes. of her experiences. And I think you'll find that that'll be one of the touch points that they do on the show that she's on. Um, and, look, I feel I, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Um, I, as you know, Rob, I, you couldn't find a bigger fan of Studio 10 and, you know, I loved every day I was on that show and wished mm. I done more. Um, when when Tristan took over, um, I'm exactly like you, Phil. I cannot understand him. I wear hearing aids. Now, there's not a yeah. week that doesn't go past when I don't get stopped in the street by somebody who says, oh, my God, how are you? What are you doing now? I miss you on Studio 10. And then when I say, oh, do you still watch? They go, almost secretly, I can't understand the bloke that's on it. And one woman was Scottish the other day in Broadway. I keep <laughs> and she said, I'm so hang on, Susie. Better. The woman who was like, okay, the new couldn't understand the to be sure, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> that's not bad, actually. Ring the bell, <laughs> ring the bell. So, um, I'm sorry, but yeah, putting her on will be fabulous and it'll be good publicity. But for as long as Tristan McManus is on Studio 10, you will never build an audience because the older demographic, and I count myself in that, can't understand him. Mm. And, and sorry, tell me again how you say her name because I think it's Tahina. Tahina. Um, and so she she and her sister were both models and the mother was a model. They're like the best connected people in Australia. I understand, but Jesus, like seriously, <laughs> if you're trying to get an audience, you're really putting up roadblocks when you've got <laughs> names that you can't pronounce and hosts you can't understand. Like, I don't mean to be rude and I, don't, I should stop talking about Studio 10, but bloody hell. No, but I think. Proof is in the pudding, and I and and Rob will attest to this because Robbo, because you were there as well. The two shows that pulled the highest ratings, I happened to be on the panel, <laughs> right? Me too. Were a mm-hmm. hundred fifty thousand yeah. people watching. They it's true. Have twenty seven thousand. I'm sorry, but the, you know the, that's the proof. That's the yardstick. We can all go oh this and that. But at the end of the mm. day, it's all linked to advertising and who's going to spend money when 27,000 people are watching. And that's, you know, if you believe ratings, that's probably a good day. Um, well said, Susie. I probably couldn't frame it much better than myself. I think for me the only thing is if you're going to do a stunt casting, do it for the full three days. Why waste yeah. it on one day? Because if one day is successful and you have social media track, let's just say that's there's something point. huge that happens and everyone loves it, you go, oh, too bad you got Angela tomorrow. They're like, oh, where's the... Just, just hold it up. to Tell yeah. Angela to just... Stay overseas or come back and just don't <laughs> fill in. Like, I, I, I would go the full three days and then that's how you get a, 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 a bigger scope of what whether your audience likes it or not. That's what makes sense to me. And good on Sarah Harris for landing the 10 News First gig. It's great that she's getting good things as well. Oh, Sarah Harris is a star and deserves so much more. All right. Well, we well and truly passed the halfway mark of the year and that means the networks are already claiming wins thick and fast. While Seven boasts success in the breakfast time slot, Nine has notched 
notched up another resounding win in the Sydney 6pm news market. So let's start with Seven, where Koshy and Nat-led breakfast show Sunrise has recorded yet another year of being number one. That's its 19th year in total. Sunrise has won every week of this year's official ratings calendar so far, both nationally and across the five capital cities. Austam ratings figures show that for 2022, the Sunrise National Daily audience is 397,000 compared to 303,000 on Nine's Today Show. ABC News Breakfast is in third at 280,000. Meanwhile, over on Nine, it's the 12th year in a row for the Peter Overton-led 6pm Sydney News Bulletin, with the network officially winning the crucial number of 21 weeks in a 40-week ratings period. Sydney's news director Simon Hobbs announced the news to staff in an email earlier this month and figures supplied by Nine showed that the bulletin had a 20% greater audience than Seven News in total people. You know, it's funny. When I was a kid, uh, our family was a Seven News family, Susie. Same. It's sort of, you know, uh, families grow up on news services. I mean, I think that's changed big time now. Uh, because, you know, I was a seven person, even though nine was number one, then seven, then I became a nine news person and audience did flip-flop over the years. Well, yes, you know, you've got, uh, Brian told me so. That's why they mm-hmm. That's why they keep a news reader in that position for as long as possible, because that's the, that's the, the, the anchor that people feel that they can trust. The same thing, Roger Clemson at Channel 7, if you were a Channel 7 yeah. fan, was always Roger. And then yeah. now, of course, you've got Peter Overton and you've got Mark Ferguson. It's interesting, though, because A Current Affair also does exceptionally well. So I'm sure that Nine's News not only is a recipient of the audience going in with Millionaire, uh, millionaire hot seat. Although I've never known anyone that's ever gone for the million. Do they ever get that high? high? It has. It has gone <laughs> off. <laughs> but uh, when they needed ratings. But by the same token, <laughs> Devon's news leading into the chase, leading into the news, is also a winner. But it's certainly, it's certainly the anchor has a lot to do with it. There's no doubt about it. Mm. Well, that's why they get paid big dollars. And look, at the end of the day, Matthew. Um, Nine News doing very well. They've got that crucial 21 weeks out of 40. But we can't miss what Sunrise are doing. Sunrise have kicked goals. Yes, they've come under a bit of competition from today uh, and good luck to today. But Sunrise is hanging in there and claiming that number one crown for another year. It's pretty good. Oh, absolutely. And I uh, we can't go without addressing the elephant in the room of Nine's couple of years of... of- quick and fast changes Lisa to Georgie to no Carl to having Carl Ali and Deb like that was just a tumultuous time I think people just went okay I'm going to Sunrise and they liked it and then even with Sam going to Nat I think they've just stuck with that and seeing both programs there's just something about Sunrise that looks a little slicker I don't quite know what it is but it does look a little bit more refined, a little more polished and I don't blame them for winning yet another year I can see them winning the next three to be honest Interesting. Can I tell you what the difference is that you may not realise? And I should say up front that I'm employed by Channel 9 and I do a regular spot on Today Extra, which follows the Today Show. But working in the studio, same studio as the Today Show, all the cameras are robotic. They are locked off. If you go to Channel 7, you've got these wonderful sweeping shots so they can grab close-ups of things and it's a different presentation and I couldn't agree with you more, Matthew, about, about 
always having this, the same person that steps in that fills in. So, you know, in Koshi's case, it's, it's Shervo now. And in Nat's case, it'll be one of the newsreaders so that everybody still knows. At the moment, Nine's kind of pulling people in from the newsroom to fill in for Carl. There's no real clear line of delineation. And, and certainly all of that kerfuffle that went on with all the, you know, revolving musical chairs, so to speak, and the backlash of Lisa too. There was a lot of, of you know, back end there. But, you know... Carl- I, I think that was overstated, Susie. I think, I think what happened is they paired Carl with someone he didn't have chemistry with, and that's Georgie Gardner. And I like them both as individual presenters, but they didn't have chemistry. Uh, then they put Georgie with Deb two people that didn't have chemistry. They put Carl with uh, Ali Langdon, the chemistry's back. And I think the show is still sort of working out the kinks a little bit. And I, I think today is actually doing, it is a very watchable show, but obviously the audience still have that history and edge with Sunrise. But the but ABC Breakfast is nipping at their heels. Oh, yeah. Even though there's a big gap between Sunrise and today, it's the ABC Breakfast show that, that people are, tuning into more and more. And we should congratulate uh, uh, Michael Rowland and Lisa Miller. The ABC Breakfast is actually a really good show and and offers an alternative, but it's got some lightness. It's got the serious. So it's sort of doing what those commercial networks are doing, Philip, but not to that extreme, I guess, when, when, when it comes to the outrageous stunts. No, they're, they're a little bit more sober and conservative. Um, uh, and look, I would I wouldn't discount the role of the weather person either on breakfast TV. I think Sam Mack yeah. brings a fantastic energy to Sunrise, which is perhaps lacking um, at today. And obviously, well, maybe that- we'll see if this week they've got Sherry Lee Biggs back, so maybe <laughs> oh, we'll get God. the Sherry Lee bump this week. That just sounds wrong coming from you, Rob. But yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh goodness me! She does have a lot Who of personality. Sherry Lee Biggs. Who is that? She's a Miss World or something. Yeah, I think. She, oh, great. Well, not Miss World, but I think she was uh, Miss World Australia represented. Oh, right. But she's just fun, Robbo. She gets yeah. in there. She she reminds me of a young David Robinson in some ways. <laughs> you just got to say yes to everything. <laughs> and just do it. <laughs> right. No, that's all right. You just gotta you just gotta chuck yourself in there. Each week we see the dwindling numbers of free-to-air television, but in good news for the industry, total TV revenue numbers are up eleven percent on last year. This includes the advertising markets in the five capital cities and regional free-to-air subscription TV and BVOD. Leading the charge, of course, is BVOD, which is up fifty-three percent, but even Metropolitan Free-to-Air Networks were up four point three percent. Now, isn't this interesting, Robbo, because the way we're consuming TV, it's certainly changing, but good to see the revenues coming with that change. I'm actually really happy about this because obviously we we all love free-to-air TV, Uh, you know, She's got a bit of sickness to her that's kind of set in. How long that sickness will take is obviously anyone's guess, but we want it to not take oh, – sorry, we want it to take a long time. Uh, so it's great that they've branched out and it's working and the audience is following. So the audience is still saying, look, happy to have ads, but I do, I do want to watch it on my own time. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this era of the TV guide in the Sunday Mail every Sunday – not anymore. Um, so this is great. So this means that people are still happy to do it. They're still happy to have that 7, 9, 10 experience. Uh, and it's great for the network as well and great for the industry. 
Susie, you know, you, you've been involved in sales all through your career. You've done advertorial-based programs. You, you know, you, you really, you've been part of Good Morning Australia uh, selling advertorials. So um, the, the, the biggest issue for the networks now is getting that big revenue they get from linear television as they move across to digital and uh, broadcast video on demand services. But you still have to buy ads on, on video on demand. Correct. So there is there, there is a new stream that is coming through. And the way I look at, at uh, free-to-air television at the moment, if, if you're talking about an illness, Robbo, I guess it's a bit like prostate cancer. Um, you get it, but you don't always die from it. You die with That's it. True. That's true. So what, what I'm saying, I guess... And, te- and Susie, television has a lot of arseholes in it. <laughs> God. What? Well, yes. I, I That's where your prostate is, Matthew, just uh, if you're right there. But, uh... For all the Gen Z listeners, yeah, yeah, just so we're all... <laughs> <laughs> all hit with the biology, yeah, yeah. still learning. And Sorry, Susie. No, that's all right. Even though we say that, you know, television isn't making the sort of money, I mean, video killed the radio star, yet radio has continued mm. in format. It has morphed into to still make it financially viable. And television will be exactly the same. And, yeah, it might not produce various things. Um, and, and I still lament that it, that free-to-air television is either uh, runs of, of American uh, shows, cop shows, etc., or it's it's reality television, which has no sense of reality in most of it. Whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's a, a, a dangerous path to go down without providing other things. And that's why shows like um, have you been paying attention or the cheap seats or, you know, something that's a little unique and quirky is being picked up and enjoyed by people. Gogglebox is another classic example where people are, um, they want an alternative rather than just this sort of, you know, one reality show after another. And this is the problem. If the bottom falls out of reality TV, the networks are screwed because that's their bread and butter at the moment. Mm. See, no, no variety shows to be able to showcase mm. the artists that you've spent so much money paying international judges to come overseas mm. to hear to judge people that are, you know, are so talented. And you think, well, why doesn't television then provide something? They've all got their extra channels. I know there's the main channel, but there's the extra channels for mm. those networks. And at the moment, even Midnight to Dawn, they're showing the audacity of showing these half-hour infomercial programs that they stop for commercial breaks. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. Um, guys, I saw a, an article on BuzzFeed uh, today and it talked about the tropes that they're sick of seeing in TV and film. And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. So things like um, uh, the big makeover where basically the the daggy girl becomes the hot thing by taking out a ponytail and taking off the glasses. Um, yeah. You know, a lead actress being able to run a whole film in high heels without twisting her ankle, you know, like think Jurassic Park World or Jurassic World uh, in that one. Um, oh, yes. And I love this idea of the things we see. You know, like someone's trying to pass on important information, but the person they're trying to pass it on to is just too busy to hear this this big information that will actually just stop 
the film or TV show in its tracks, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to know, is there anything that you see on television that is is one of those classic tropes that you're a bit over? Is there anyone in the room that uh, has one of those, Susie? I've actually got two very quick ones. Mm-hmm. One is that when there's a bomb explosion, somebody always notices the device just before it's due to... <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's good. What, what, what's that beeping sound? That's great. That's a good, point, good one. When it explodes, they get tossed into the air, but not one of them comes away with a scratch. <laughs> and the other drives me to distraction because I try and take in the whole film, not just the conversation, is when people are driving along and the driver is talking to the passenger and I go, yeah. the road? do you want to check the road? <laughs> in fairness, that is how I drive when I've got someone in the passenger <laughs> uh, seat. Robbo can attest to that. Uh, Robbo, have I you can. got any? It's, uh, it's an experience. Uh, yeah, I like the one. So we've had the phone for what now? Alexander Graham Bell gave it to us, what, in the 19th century? Uh, and we've got tracing a short time after that. Uh, and yet, even in 2022, we still can't trace a phone call <laughs> um, with enough time in order to get the location of the battery. We just can't do it. We still try to run a trace. And also, that's the other thing. When they're running the trace... They're practically yelling. We're going to try it, but they're whisper yelling as if the person on the other end can't hear it. Uh, yeah, so there's always, there's always that kind of thing. So, I, yeah, I think phone tracing for me is we've probably got to let that one go. Fair enough. Okay, still to come, we'll take you through this week's Hatches and Dispatches. The panel will share their viewing habits for the week and then we'll share our thoughts on the group binge, Goliath. You're listening to TV Black Box, the podcast. Now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. Damien Cronin has joined the ABC and has been appointed the Chief Digital and Information Officer. He was most recently the Chief Information and Technology Officer for the Fairfax and Nine Group. ABC's Managing Director, David Anderson, said that Damien will play a key role in the delivery of the public broadcaster's five-year plan to be the nation's most trusted and valued digital content provider across all its platforms. In more news from the ABC, former Chief Meteorologist at Sky News Weather, Tom Saunders, has landed the role of ABC News Sydney's new meteorologist and weather presenter. Beginning in the role next Monday, Tom succeeds Graham Creed, who farewelled the ABC in February after 14 years. And on a sad note, New Zealand actor Marshall Napier has died after a short battle with brain cancer. He was best known on Australian screens for his role in McLeod's Daughters and Police Rescue, but also starred in series such as Love Child, Rake, Jack Irish, All Saints, Doctor Doctor and Blue Healers. His daughter Jessica confirmed the news of his death on Instagram, saying he was peaceful and surrounded by his family at the time of his passing. Marshall Napier dead at 70. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches, Rob. Thank you very much, Robbo. Okay, it's time for TV Binge Box. This is where we look at the shows we've been watching for the past week and share in a group binge. 
All right, Philip, what have you been watching this week? Uh, I've been watching The Old Man on Disney Plus with um, Jeff Bridges. It's a sort of twisty, turny, spy, thriller sort of thing. Hmm. It's absolutely fantastic. I'd highly recommend watching that if that's that's your thing. Uh, And another one I've been watching that's pretty interesting is Dark Winds. Uh, It's on AMC Plus. Um, It's... It's a cop show, but with a twist because it's the Navajo, I can't even say that. Anyhow, it's the tribal police rather than your more traditional police that we're all used to. And it just gives you a bit of an insight into that culture and still has great plot, storylines, all of that stuff. All right. Dark Wind sounds like Robert does something Robbo does to relieve himself. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about this, but I thought I'd leave it. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, okay, there's a fart joke in here. But I'll <laughs> Robbo, what have you been watching? Um, I've just been watching the second series of The Outlaws, which was uh, co-created by Stephen Merchant. It's on Amazon. Uh, the first season was just this. fantastic. Everyone keeps talking about this. Yeah, it's Ooh. really good. So it's, it's, got, it's, it's got what a series uh, has that I love, and that is you've got some really poignant, quite lovely emotional scenes and you've got some kind of slapstick humor and then you've got some just normal run-of-the-mill humor great storylines as well uh i'm into probably episode three i think and it's it's just a cracker again so that's my tip for you uh although i just realized robert was the man who brought us uh made us watch 30 rock so oh, i don't know if i will be rushing to the outlet <laughs> 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 Promise you, I'll, I'll make you like it. <laughs> Matthew, what have you been watching? Um, this was one we picked up on Netflix. It's trending at the moment, so it might be in your libraries or whatever, but Instant Dream Home. Now, I'm not someone who loves renovation shows or anything close to it. I don't like the block. Like, it's just, it's nothing that really interests me. But this one now, before someone tweets me and says there's a lot of shows like this, because there probably is, but they transform a home in 12 hours and the homeowners don't know they're taken away for some odd reason whatever a friend you know gets them away and they come home and their home is just transformed into something that's just magnificent they really need it not necessarily they're they're poor or anything but it's just usually it's people that that deserve a bit a bit of a a bit of a makeover geez mate you should have been around in the noughties uh, we had so many of those shows, Auction Squad on Channel 7, Backyard Blitz on right. Channel See, 9. I, I knew that there'd be uh, something There were done plenty before. of makeover shows like that. And weirdly, Matthew, off air, you were talking that you were loving How to Build a Sex Room on Netflix. That's <laughs> what I thought you were going to talk about. <laughs> That's my second show, Robert. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, but the thing now, given that this is probably something that made those other shows popular back in the old days, um, <laughs> but th- what, what I like about this one is that there's no forced drama like there is in a lot of shows, especially on primetime. It's the tension is in the time because it's 12 hours. Like, like of course, there's going to be tension getting tension, something. Mate, and that is how all these shows operate to give you the the suspense and the drama. Will they well, make like it in it. time? It works. It works Talk about for me. Tropes. I like it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm going to check it out. I Matthew. love it. Good, good. Thank you, Phil. Um, so that's one that I really enjoyed on Netflix. Um, and then the other one, I'm must be the only one, but um, Mars Singer on Channel 10. Now, it's not something I'm watching 100%, you know, start to finish. I've got my phone out. I'm doing other things, but I'm putting it on. I'm enjoying it. If you take away the silly guesses and you try not to think about it too much, I just think it's a really enjoyable television. And so far I've known every celebrity, so you can't go wrong with that. So I must be one of the ones that are watching that one. Yeah, look, I, um, I've i watched The Masked Singer in the past, really enjoyed it. This season uh, I didn't even make it through the first episode not and I've got no interest. I'm not sure why. 
But there you go. Susie, what have you been watching? Well, a couple of things. I'm very new to the streaming services. Are you? Uh, <laughs> yes, and I've only but um, on Stan, I um, watched, I, I binged uh, Godfather of Harlem, which was actually inspired by a true story of the crime boss Bumpy Johnson that's played by Forrest Whitaker. And it's set in the 60s and he comes home after 10 years of being in prison hmm. and the Italians are trying to take over his area of the heroin trade. And it's set in the time when of Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali, as he became Muhammad Ali, he was Cassius Clay. So it's kind of, it's, it was really, really exciting. And then I thought, oh, okay, that was heavy duty. So I better get something like, you know, an Agatha Christie book to kind of, you know, clear your head. <laughs> something else. And so I found claws on Stan. And it's a really dark and wickedly funny series that's kind of a comedy but kind of not. Um, it's centred around five treacherous manicurists in a nail salon in central Florida. And it, I tell you what, they're dealing in more than just manicures and pedicures, let me tell you. Oh. <laughs> it's really fun, really exciting, but the fashion in it's amazing and the nail art that they do, it's worth just checking out the designs that they put on nails is, I know, I can see you're all glazing your eyes. <laughs> but trust me, it is really, really fabulous. The one I thought it was. Good good bit of fun and each episode and you think, oh, my God. So I ended up binging that too. Oh, fabulous. Nice. Um, this week I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife and what oh. a great movie. Really enjoyed it, really pays tribute to what came before with the other two movies and just a nice follow-on, uh, all wrapped up nicely. Just loved, loved, loved it. Uh, didn't put a foot wrong in my eyes. And I've actually just been binging Doctor Who. I've now just uh, finished the first season of The Eleventh Doctor, so I'm up to his second season just now. And, yes, Susie's shaking her head. But maybe <laughs> next week I'll be able to bring you something off Paramount Plus, and I'll tell you why. Paramount Plus uh, delivered a – it's their first birthday. They delivered cakes to lots of radio stations and marketing people, I suppose. And so at 4BC today, uh, uh, this, this, it, it was huge. It was like a really tall cake, really tall, and it was delicious, and I – Oh, I, I ate so much, I was so overfull. But anyway, that's the side point. Anyway, they had this blue um, mountain in the middle, and if you pull it out, it had details on how you can get a year's subscription to Paramount+. Plus. So I've emailed them from my 4BC address, and they said it's only if we've delivered a cake to you, and so I am one of the recipients of the cake. Let's see if Robbie Mac gets a free subscription or whether they go, are you joking? Squibble, 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 tear, tear, tear. <laughs> what do you reckon my chances are, team? Oh, 100% you'll get it. Oh. Well, I really, I really do want to see Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I watched uh, the first episode at a friend's place and it was fantastic and I'd really like to see more. But now it's time for the group binge. And, Philip, this week you chose the show. 
Uh, I did. I chose uh, a show called Goliath on um, Prime Amazon because it is one of my favourite shows I've seen in probably the last five years. It's a, it's just a masterpiece, and and it's all centred around uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character, who's a, I suppose a washed up, uh, former big time lawyer who's looking for some sort of redemption in a way, which probably makes it sound a bit wankier than what it actually is. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton said, said of this role that it's the closest to who he is actually as a person and that really he just felt like he had to roll out of bed and act like a lawyer instead of an actor, and that's how he shot it. So he's, he's nothing if not honest. He's also, you know, he's had his own substance abuse problems and all sorts of strange things have happened to him in his life. Uh, look, it's just a, it's a really well-made TV show, in my humble opinion. Uh, it's I think it goes to four series. I've seen all four. So I know you guys have watched episode one. Uh, it, it, it gets better. <laughs> um, obviously, episode one sets the scene. But what did you guys think? Uh, before we move on, Philip, who was the gaffer on that show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> in joke. Okay. Well, Dave, David E. Kelly was the executive <laughs> producer, and he does have a reasonable background in producing kid TV shows, but mm. you probably don't need that information. Let's go around the room. Matthew, what did you think? Um, look, I, I thought it was it was all right. Um, I enjoyed Billy Bob Thornton. I can't stop thinking, I can't stop looking at it and going, it's the US president and love actually. That's where I know him from. Uh. Um, <laughs> but I look, I thought it was good. I'm, I'm not really huge into legal dramas, but I don't think it's for me. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> okay. um, but at least I didn't trash it like everyone did for my show. Last week. But, so, <laughs> very there you kind. Go. Very there kind. Robbo. <laughs> Uh, I, I thought it was really good, and I, I could really feel David E. Kelly being part of that. So Boston Legal is one of my all-time favourite shows, and I've, I've looked ahead a bit for uh, Goliath, and they also seem to be taking on kind of uh, big current topics, uh, which is fantastic, which is what Boston Legal did really well. Uh, I, I really liked this, and I'm going to stick with this. So this is one of those uh, really good ones where someone has recommended a show and you love it. So thank you, Phil. It's very good. <laughs> Well, I've got to say, Finally. traditionally, I'm not a fan of legal dramas, uh, so I didn't really know what I was going into. I thought this was spectacular. I'm really in love with this show. I've already started watching episode two. I think it's beautifully shot. I think the character development is really interesting. It's very realistic. Um, uh, the, the plot of what's going on and the drama surrounding this mystery is really well thought out and I really don't know where it's going. Um, I think the characters that they've introduced, including the big boss of the legal firm and even why he's got this deformity on his face, which hasn't been explained at this point. So there's so much, there's so much texture in this show already in just one episode that I can't wait to see what happens when you scratch the surface of all these characters and where it's going. And and Billy Bob Thornton's character, very likeable, but also a very flawed character. And that's sort of perfect mm. for this kind of role. And he plays it beautifully. And even just mm. uh, the acting, I, I, love, I love good acting where it doesn't feel like people are acting. I don't feel like anyone in this show is acting. They're actually mm. just inhibiting these roles. So it's interesting, Philip, what you said that... Uh, or so, who said, sorry, that um, this was the role he doesn't feel like he's acting. He just feels like he has mm. to play a lawyer. I think it was you, Philip. Um, so he's very believable in this role. The supporting cast, 
just play off beautifully. And it's not trying to over-explain things. You know, things are obviously going to develop, but characters come in for a moment and we don't get their life story to try and understand who they are. They come in like someone would and they go out and then come in and you get a little bit more information about them. I think this is such a delight and I, I, you know me, I, I really like the comedies. I'm not overly into <laughs> dramas a lot. This is five-star spectacular and I'm going to be taking the ride. Philip? Awesome, awesome. I was a little bit nervous about it, really, because I didn't think it was any of your cup of tea, <laughs> shall we say, but... Why couldn't you have said all of that nice stuff about 30 Rock, Rob? That'll, <laughs> that'll apply. You know what? There are good episodes of 30 Rock, Rob. You just oh. picked two that were really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do better. I promise I'll do better. Ooh, let's oh. not go back to that well. Has anyone got one for next week? <laughs> yeah. oh, Susie, Susie, I don't think a, Susie's does seen Susie have an opinion? Now, unfortunately not. Because I'm new to this streaming service, I haven't, I don't get Amazon Prime. But I must say that Billy Bob Thornton for me is, it's, I would tune in just to see him. <laughs> and I mean, my favourite Christmas movie of all time oh, is, yes. has got to be Bad Santa. I love Christmas Vacation, of course, but Bad Santa. I mean, you know. Brilliant. See, yeah. I, I will take love, actually. And so we'll both have a bit of Billy. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> Susie's gagging <gasps> on that idea. No. Um, all right, well, if no, no one's got one, well, I'll your pick turn, one. Rob. And I'm going to go and say, let's watch the first episode of The Eleventh Doctor. Uh, his first okay. episode, I it was The Eleventh Doctor, um, which is available on a variety of services. I'm watching on BritBox, but I believe it's also available on uh, Stan, possibly Prime Video as well. So it's Matt Smith, episode one of his season. All right? Right. Lovely. Oh, 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of TV Black Box for another week. Susie Elliman, thank you so much for joining Ooh. us. We love you. You know that. Love all my love back. Thank you. That was so much fun. And uh, you guys are awesome. Oh, keep oh, going. Keep you. going. Uh, <laughs> you can see Susie on Today Extra uh, about once a week, I think it is, isn't it, Susie? Every Tuesday morning at 10am. There you go. Every Tuesday morning at 10am, discussing the news topics of the day. And it's she always, I can vouch, Susie always offers so much extra value when she's talking hot topics. Absolutely. So thank you very much, yep. Susie. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Robbo. Thank you, Phil. Mock will be back next week, I believe, and we'll get his take on how the new Game of Thrones prequel series was. And in the meantime, I'm Rob McKnight. Don't forget, go to tvblackbox.com.au for all the latest exclusives. It's where people in the industry get their news. We'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.